Welcome to episode number two of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Lenore, and with me today are Dee and Les. Tonight, we're talking about collecting versus stockpiling, but first let's talk about what we're drinking. Les, what's your medium and what's your poison tonight? I am drinking, I'm boring, I have to be sober because I have to pick up my wife later, um, so I am drinking a Schweppes Cranberry Lime Seltzer. Um, I'm using one of my uh, no-name brand notebooks uh, in neon yellow with a erasable sticker stuck to the front of it. Uh, I'm writing with two different things. I've got a Quran Dash fancy plywood pencil. The I can't remember what <laughs> the name of the set is. You know, the $30 set. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm using one yeah. of those. And I also am using a Twisby Mini with Sailor Yamadorian in it. Nice. What color is that? It's a teal blue. It's it's a blue with a hint of green, but it also has this really cool sheen that's red on the right paper. Oh, nice. That's crazy. It's can a, you post a picture? I was going to say. Can I, can, you do I that? can post a picture. I'll make a note of that in my Excellent. notebook. Thank no you. Dee, what about you? Um, I am being very basic. And I'm drinking a Grande Starbucks Fidella Flat White. And I'm using a vintage pencil today, a Dixon Metropolitan. I'm not sure what year it's from, but I guess probably the 50s. Oh, wow. Based on the font and other things, I would guess 50s. Um, And I'm writing in a plain old Staples One Subject College World notebook. How is it? They're actually they're my favorite thing because they cost next to nothing, especially when Staples has those ten cent notebook sales. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Um so I I bought twenty of them like a year ago. So I use them for class. So it's just easier to jot stuff down on. Excellent. I'm drinking an EPA from actually a local brewery, Falls City Brewing in Louisville. Um and I have been in grading hell for the last like I was going to say week and a half, but I'm just going to go with nine years. Okay. And... <laughs> no, so I've been grading pretty hardcore the last couple of weeks, um, you know, exams in my different courses. And I've had my um, my apple green Lamy Safari loaded up with this J. Herben um, Reseda green. Nice. And I go through cycles of liking it more and less. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I need to kind of figure out whether there's something going on with the the nib on it that makes it kind of scratchier sometimes. And mm-hmm. like I was wondering if I had if my daughter had dropped it or something because it seemed like it was writing really badly. But now I like it again. Mm. I don't know. You know, you can buy new nibs for those. Yeah, I just you know I I don't have time. Mm. <laughs> I gotta get through this grading before I can think about replacing my equipment but no I mean uh, yeah I need to I need to think about it and what I really need to do is empty out one of my other pens because I have some better pens now and I need to empty one of those out so that I can put green in it so that I can grade with it but I've been really enjoying this one and I'm I'm actually still in my Calipino little um, pocket notebook here with the dot grid which is which is nice I haven't I haven't finished that so I'm using the same one I was using last time nice do you find um going back to the fountain pen, like grading with fountain pen, like if you're grading pages, obviously, does it dry before you have to like flip 
the thing over? Like, is there difficulties with that, or? You know, not with this ink. I was afraid it would be, but actually I've left it even, I've accidentally left it sitting for longer than I should. Part of the thing is that I it, this particular pen, you know, the Safari has the, the flat spots on it that are supposed to make you hold it right. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm left-handed and I hook. Uh, so it's a, it's a terrible grip for me. Mm. It's just awful. And that's why I say, I you know, it's part of why I say I really need to get one of my other pens going. Mm. Um, you know, but it's manageable because for my scoring, I'm not writing, I'm not writing text. Most of the time I'm just writing a word or two or mm -hmm. just a number, you know, just a score and a slash True. or something like that. Yeah. So it really, this ink is fairly wet, I think. It's pretty slippery on the page, and I think that's part of what's keeping me from having to deal with, mm. you know, with it drying out rapidly. But on all of the paper I've been using it on so far, it dries up fast enough or soaks into the paper fast enough that I don't get it on my hands. But anyway, all of that was just a long way to say I can't post the cap on it because it weights it funny yeah. and it makes it turn around wrong in my hand while I'm while I'm writing because you know I'm I'm like seriously writing a couple of numbers and maybe a short comment and then I'm flipping to the next paper so I'm constantly really moving around I'm not setting my hand down on the page and writing mm. for long periods of time mm -hmm. so that's a very very different experience and uh, anything that you know that weights the pen a little bit makes it rotate wrong and I have to get it back into position to write again mm -hmm. it's not optimal but it it, it works <laughs> so you know what I really want to do actually when I have a little bit of time to get online and do a little shopping is I'm just going to get myself a couple platinum preppies in green and um and load them up with green and keep one in my office and one in my bag mm. and I like to have a pen that matches the like I, I like to have um a reminder of what color ink is in there uh, because I don't write in pen, because I, I don't write that much, honestly, um, and I don't write in fountain pen that much. So, you know, if I had to pick it up and, like, remember what ink was in there, it would be a little bit less uh, convenient. Mm. You're the opposite of me. Like, I've got, right now, I've got sitting in front of me a platinum preppy that is red, but it's filled with black ink. I never match up my inks to what the color of the pen is. Right, and I would actually kind of, like, my personality would be to not. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anybody, any other um, current consumption to talk about? Nope, not for me. No? All right. Well, let's get into what's new. Les, would you like to start us off? Sure. So um, I don't know if you guys follow Knockco, Pen Addict, Brad Dowdy's company. He Follow? No, okay. but I lust after their uh, stuff every time I click over <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. he's been posting. You should follow them on Instagram if you're on there. He just posted some teaser shots of a leather fodder stack. You familiar with the fodder stack? Yes. Okay, it's like my favorite thing that Notco does. They're always out of the color I want every time I click yeah. through there. I I had to obsessively follow their website and and check it like once a week to get the colorway that I wanted. And finally, I I well, I ended up I bought two of them so far, but now they have a leather version that they're doing with one star leather, which um, you have a cover by them, Lenore. And so they're, oh, okay. yeah, they make amazing leather goods. And so it's a leather fodder stock XL. And I lust after it, but the last thing I need is another fodder stack. <laughs> is this the one that has the uh, the pen sheath that you Yeah. Need? So it, I'm using it right no, now. Yeah. The Calipino is in yeah, it. Yeah. So the, yeah, that's the, that's oh, the yeah, one star. Oh yeah, one star. Look yeah, at that. Yeah, that's the one star leather cover. 
Um, would yeah, be, I love it. It's heavy, though. It is heavy. And so I would assume that their leather fodder stack is going to be pretty heavy as well. Um, but the fodder stack is just such a wonderful way of carrying a notebook or two and a pen and and a pencil. Like I carry, I carry one of my fodder stacks with me every day. It's got one of my folders in it and a pocket notebook, and then I carry in the in the pen sheath that's on the fodder stack, either my Twisby Mini, my Twisby Echo, a Platinum Preppy, as well as a mechanical pencil. So it's just like the perfect size. It's just a well designed bundle for your pocket carry. That sounds great. Yeah. So anyway, leather. This is going to be an expensive phone call for me, isn't it? <laughs> Probably. Um, and then, speaking of the pen addict, did you guys catch the pen addict interview with Caroline Weaver? Oh, I haven't been able to listen to it oh, yet. Oh, it's Same. so good. It's a really good interview. Caroline does good interviews anyway, but this was particularly good. I, I just, I listened to it, and I'm really, I never listened to podcasts over again. I've been tempted to listen to it again, but I'm hoping that when she's on Erasables, we'll, we'll get another taste of it. Yeah. And then today, Field Notes announced their larger sized regular edition. So it's a pitch black, the size of Arts and Sciences. The covers... Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I just got the email about it literally when I was sitting down to start start the show. So the covers are duplex, like the Shenandoah. So the outside is black. The inside is craft. So I think that's going to make a really nice, durable cover for a larger size arts and sciences. Plus, stealthy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> um, so I think well, that's the end of my news. Dee, what about you? All right. I don't have much uh, today, but there are two things. Um, first, the CW Pencils collaboration with Musgrave, the Bugles, they're half black, half natural wood color. I don't know how I feel about them. I actually, as we're recording, I ordered the last two from CW Pencil Enterprise. No, I missed out. I was going to order 12 of them because they're only 35 cents. And it said no. And then I just kept reducing. And I was only able to get two. I'm pretty sure she's going to get more in. That's just, it can't be it. You know what I mean? I hope not. But here's the thing. I don't actually really like the Bugle that much. I just wanted to sharpen it. <laughs> well, yeah. Like if you look on the CW Pencil Enterprise website, it's really cool looking like when you sharpen it. I'm, I'm curious how, obviously it's just two different, it's the same wood, one's dyed, one's not. If that will impact the pencil splitting, like, you know, because every pencil is sandwiched, right? Right. Exactly. I don't see why it should make any difference. As, as long as they're evenly dried, it sh- I don't think it'll mm-hmm, cause exactly. a prob- problem. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm super psyched. I'm actually going to, and, and what is, is interesting is the picture on, on the website. So there's three variants kind of, I mean, it's all half black, half natural, but one is, you know, where it says bugle and Musgrave, it's black. And then the other side is natural. One of them has natural where the bugle is the other side black. And then the third one has half and half where it says bugle. Hmm. Is that just because they print and wherever they print? I mean, they're round pencils yeah. so as they're going through. Yeah, I'm not sure. Three different locations. Yeah, like it just—it's really cool. I mean, once I get my hands on them, like, like you said, I don't love the bugle, but for thirty-five cents, I mean, you know, you really kind of can't go wrong. I actively dislike the bugle, and I was tempted <laughs> to order some. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, so sorry, I ordered the last two, but I'm pretty sure Musgrave is located in America, so it's not like we have to wait as long. You know, when she uh, does collaborations with other companies, you have to kind of wait for the stuff to come over here. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's a good point. So yeah, I think that'll be fine. Um, and what's great is a bugle doesn't have an eraser, so there's no opportunity for disappointment from Musgrave on that front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and my other new thing isn't like a new thing. These have probably existed for a long time, but not here in America. The Nataraj Metallic Super Black Pencils. Mm. I ordered some off of eBay. I ordered 50 of them, five 10 packs. So for 50, as it turns out, you can't actually order (laughs) small numbers of them. Yeah. Well, for, so for 50 pencils, it was $15 and they're pretty cool looking. I mean, I like bright colors. I mean, these are not neon, so, but (laughs) you have them less, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just wrote a, I put up a review of them just recently. I adore those. I'm going to, I really shouldn't look at that eBay listing, but can you send it to me? Yes. Well, actually, Les, I'll be happy to share mine with you when you when they come. Because yes. I ordered them based on your review. Mm-hmm. And then Dee posted that she had <laughs> ordered them. And I clicked on her link. And eBay informed me that I had already ordered them. The same exact link that I had already ordered from. Um, so, yeah. Between Dee and me, we have a hundred of them coming. Yes. I can probably hook you up with some if you don't want to well, do order have, another 50. I do have 10 of them, and I am kind of obsessed. Well, I actually accidentally ordered 50 because I was like, oh, $15. They're coming. It's free shipping. I mean, it'll take a month. And then when I hit... Yeah, I, <laughs> they'll be here in June. Like, I hit I hit buy, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. I just brought, bought 50 pencils. Mm. So, whatever. <laughs> Says the woman who owns how many colors yes. of the neons? I'm back up to three gross two dozen. Because I, I like them, and now it's become a funny thing, as opposed to, like, like I don't need them anymore. But anytime I'm at Walmart, like it's just a thing. Like, do they have them in stock? And, oh, they're 97 cents. Let me grab a few. Mm, exactly. So, they get me every time. M&M's and Five yeah. dozen pencils. Yeah. So my my wife doesn't even question me anymore. I explained to her yesterday when we were at, at Walmart and I bought five packs of them how it's like a thing and she kind of just rolled her eyes at me. You should explain to her that this is how you buy happiness. Yeah. Well, I told her that some people can't find them and I'd be willing to send them for free to people or trade them because everyone should feel the same way I do about casemate neons. They actually are quite nice trade currency. Yeah. I agree with that. But that's all I have for new things on, on my front. Um, my new thing isn't new to everybody. It's just new to me. But I finally caved in last week and I bought the Viking pencil case from CWP. From oh. uh, Caroline should get a lot of business from us this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the Caroline Weaver Pencil Enterprise joint venture with Viking. And this pencil case, I bought the red one. And I think, do you have the black one? Is that Black right? one, yeah. Yeah, and it is so gorgeous. It's it's beautiful. It is something Manhattanite ingenue in 1950 with her (laughs) gloves, you know, would be carrying this pencil case. It's so beautiful. The leather is so nice. Yeah. And it's just large enough for a fresh black wing. Yes. And the only thing is that I really... um, 
I have to get a little case for my sharpener to put in there because I don't want to, because the whole thing is so buttery soft and, and like protective <laughs> that I don't want to scratch up my pencils with a pencil sharpener. <laughs> so I'm going to have to, I'm not going to put a naked pencil sharpener in there to rattle around and scratch up my pencils as they're being babied by this thing. I throw in my Pollux just in there, but I love mine. Like it actually, people are like, that's a really nice pencil case. And the, like you said, the leather is so soft and supple. And you're like, heck yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. serious about my pencils here. But it's great. It's turned into my like everyday carry pencil case. That's so funny that you have a $40 leather pe- pencil case to carry around your dollar a dozen. Yes. <laughs> well, it's funny when like, I, that's awesome. When I bought the Viking pencil case, it was actually, when she first started selling them, it came with six pencils as well. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know what brand, See, maybe like Viking. So the black one came with rainbow pencils, like six, you know, oh. different colors. Um, I still have them. I haven't used them. But so I actually bought it the day I visited the shop. And I said, like, oh, like, there's really nothing I need because I'm a pencil addict and I own everything you sell. But <laughs> <laughs> like, so do you have some of those Viking cases? And she's like, I don't know. And then Caitlin actually and to the office and it was the last one wow so so yeah that was my purchase it wasn't hard to spend forty dollars on that no i didn't regret it once i got it i i hovered for a long time over the yes over the add to cart button because it seemed so ridiculous to you know as an indulgence for myself yeah but it's really beautiful yeah for me i got to hold it but then again when you you're in a shop and you hold an item and someone specially got it for you you can't say no at that point (laughs) but luckily i liked it because i opened it and i felt that inside leather and i smelled it It just they're nice i actually have a bottle of pappy van winkle bourbon because of a similar situation (laughs) (laughs) well that's excellent Mm. anything else new no i think we all covered Mm, it yeah All right, our main topic today is collector versus user or stockpilers. So, Dee, you were having some thoughts about this. Would you like to launch us off here? Sure. So, I recently had to sell some pencils, and what I realized was that it was really hard for me to make that decision. Um, I had to sell the pencils because I I got into a financial snafu. (laughs) If anyone is a member of the Erasable Facebook group, uh, you can find the thread. It's hilarious. Long story short, my wife hit a beaver. (laughs) And... (laughs) And it... (laughs) No. (laughs) It was a thousand dollar endeavor. So... I had to sell these pencils and it was very hard for me to part with them, which on one hand is understandable. It's my passion. But on the other, it kind of troubled me that I had pause. Like we need a car. Like we have two vehicles, but like she needs her car fixed. And I was hesitant to sell pencils to pay for a car repair. Mm -hmm. So that got me thinking like, what kind of attachment do I have to my items or my, my collectibles? Because yes, we all collect things and we put value on them, but I was so attached to these these limited edition black wings that I was considering somehow finding money elsewhere so I could keep these pencils instead of just doing what I needed to do. Mm. And this always happens to me in collecting hobbies. I used to collect video games and when we moved to Massachusetts from New Jersey, we had like 
know, furniture and stuff. And I sold my video game collection and made a couple thousand dollars. And I had the same thing. Like I was torn. It's like, we didn't have a couch to sit on, but I didn't want to get rid of these video games. So this happened again, you know, with the pencils and I let them go. I, I kept a few just to have, but I let them go. And afterwards I kind of felt better. It was, it was strange. Hmm mainly because I was able to make several hundred dollars selling pencils, which is insane to anyone who's not a pencil person. So it made me think about this whole collector versus user versus stockpiler and like where I fell because I do collect some vintage pencils. I collect Everhard Faber pencils, but modern stuff, you know, because there's limited edition black wings, there's limited edition field notes, uh, write notepads, uh, Baron Fig stuff. Everyone's in the subscription game now. So it's, you know, there's a way to become a modern day collector. But really, I mean, for me, collecting became not the priority anymore. And mm. I, I think I consider myself a user now mm. and a stockpiler. I, I do I do buy what I like and, and hang on to it. But I've kind of let go of that collector in me. And I thought it would be horrible, but it kind of feels good. Like I, I kind of have that fear of like missing out feeling. Mm-hmm. But it fades. I th- yeah, I think that, that that does fade substantially over time. Like, um, probably, I would say, like, two years ago, I considered myself a Field Notes collector. Mm-hmm. And at some point, well, I think it was when Field Notes began doing all of the special editions for all of the companies. You know what I mean? Like, they, yeah. they yeah. started introducing... L-O-B yeah, and well, XOXO. And- well, I think it was, like, my... I don't want to say disillusionment, but moving from that feeling of being a collector to specifically a user was like, I just, I got to a point where I was like, I don't really like all of these additions, but I'm buying them to buy them. And I didn't yes. have the money to buy them, to buy them, to store them. Yep. And I was actively using them. I, I had this thing where I was like, if I'm buying them, I'm going to use a pack of them. And I got to this point where I just didn't care anymore about storing them. I didn't care about the collection. And I started to sell off my collection. And I made ridiculous amounts of money on yeah. my um, crops, National Crops Edition. And Those are my favorite. God, they're so nice. They're a really nice edition. I think it's, I, to me, that's one of their best editions that they've ever done. That little clamshell box. I think that's one of the two that I most regret missing out on. I just love the iconic, the icons for the different crops, just yeah. the art style. I don't know why it appeals to me. Well, I think it's really reminiscent of all of those old school logos that you used to find on, on fertilizer bags, seed bags, and things yeah. like that. Right. Um, so I think he really hit the nail on the head with that addition. And for me, after that addition, nothing else really matched it until like Two Rivers. And I know Two Rivers is, is one of those additions that some people are like, I hate it, and some people love it. I'm one of the people that loves it because I'm into letterpress and, and that mm-hmm. that sort of yeah. that sort of work of printing. Um, yeah. So, like, for me, I got to this point where I was like, okay, I, I need a notebook for, for jotting down notes. I need a notebook to doodle in and sketch in while I'm on the train. Field notes didn't fit all of the bills that I needed them for. And yeah. I, when I started selling them off, it felt really good to sell them off because I didn't need them anymore. Yeah, I felt mm-hmm. I, I released them to people who wanted them <laughs> and needed them. And 
I, you know, I got back to my roots of making my own notebooks at, at some point, and I also started using other notebooks. I started using the Calipino, and I was like, ah, I really like that paper in the Calipino. I love their dot grid. And then I really enjoy the paper in the Word notebooks because, I don't know, there's something about how it just grinds down my pencils. Because it, it's... it's <laughs> It's horrible for fountain pen, but like with a nice pencil, it just grinds it down and it feels nice to use. Um, so yeah, letting them go was kind of a big deal to me. And then I got, just got to the point where it's like, okay, I accept the fact that I'm a user. I have probably two years worth. And the idea of, of being sable on my notebooks was something that I just don't want to have. So I've gifted a lot of my field notes away to people. I, you know, every time there's a trade that goes around, I shove a couple of extra field notes in there. Um, I send field notes as gifts to people. And it, you know, it's kind of nice to be able to spread some of those older, older editions that not everyone might have. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm not, I used to be a collector of field notes and now I'm not. I was never a collector of pencils though. I, I wanted to be. I really mm -hmm. wanted to love the volumes editions much more than I do. Um, but I was just never taken by the volumes. Yeah. I think the only one of the, only two, actually, no, I like three of the volumes. I do like the 211. Yeah. Uh, I also like the 24, but I like the 344. Mm. I was never able to go and pick up any of the 344s because no one in my immediate area sells them. And to get them, I'd have to go into Boston. So, or actually, oh, yeah. actually Cambridge, not Boston, not Boston, Cambridge. Um, I did buy three boxes of the 24s. And I realized at some point that I like the casemates more. And so, yeah, well, that's, yeah. I ended up, I ended up, I, of the three boxes that, actually, no, I'm sorry, I bought four boxes of them. Of the four <laughs> boxes, I gifted half of the first one, used six of them sold two and i have one and i've gifted half of that box now mind you just for the listeners like four four of those boxes is a hundred dollars yeah yeah i was insane i put it on my credit card <laughs> and you know like that's contributing <laughs> to my debt and oh, yeah you know like that's what it's turned into for me and i just i feel like that letting go really kind of helped me in that because I can't it's an it's insane to go into debt over pencils yeah absolutely and I think part of the letting go for me was less about the fact that yeah I, I put you know four boxes of crazy expensive pencils on my credit card and more about the fact that I found pencils that I like just as much that cost a penny because the first case yes. that I bought were those the multicolored pack, 20 pack that they sell at back to school that were on clearance for 20 cents. Yeah, I, that's it, insane. It's Yeah, it's a great deal. And I just was like, well, I know the casemates are good, so I'm going to throw, I think I did five packages of them at the time, so I bought 100 pencils, and I felt stupid because I had spent $100 on, what's that, 48 pencils that mm -hmm. I rarely use, I love, I love them. I love how they look. I love how they write. I love how the graphite feels. But I like the casemates more because I don't care if I put them into my Carl Angel 5 and chew up 
all of the paint on them. Right. And you love the other ones, but do you love them 200 times as much? Right. And yeah. so these casemates, like, I've destroyed, you know, I, I think I only have maybe 20 of them left because I use them. I've, you know, how many of them have I chewed up writing my novel? How many have I chewed up writing case notes at work? How many of them have I used? I don't know, and I don't care. Because they were yeah. a penny apiece, and I can walk back into Walmart, and I can buy the neons with the same core inside for a buck and get another dozen. And there's something to that, being able to just destroy something in its use uh -huh. for cheap and not worry about the fact that it costs a lot. And am I destroying it because it's pretty? Well, I don't care. These aren't pretty. Yeah, I agree. So, Les, um, I actually have... My pencil testing notebook is a red-blooded field notes mm. that came in. I don't remember if I bought it from you or if it was something you threw into an order or what, or if you just sent it to me in a, a as a gift because it's been ages. I don't. Now. I don't remember. But um, that the red-blooded is honestly that's the other one besides the national parks that I wish I hadn't missed out on because I you know I kind of came around to field notes late and the pitch black was already the standard edition. Mm -hmm. And if I had come in a little sooner, I probably would have bought, I don't know, 20 or 30 red-blooded. Because I just, I love that little bitty red notebook. I love it. Mm -hmm. And I've got three or four of them that I've got stuck back. Because I don't go through notebooks very quickly at all. And um, so I've got them stuck back. And, you know, maybe I'm going to trade them. Or maybe I'm going to let my daughter use them. Or maybe I'm going to use them myself. But, I, you know, I like having them there. Right. And that's part of the... That's part of the collector versus user thing. Like, I, I, I kind of like knowing those that are there, even though I do think I'm going to use them one day. I'm mm -hmm. not interested in selling them. I have no interest in selling them. Although, if I hit a beaver with my car, <laughs> I, I, I would. <laughs> and I have a few other field notes I would probably sell off before I would sell off, um, before I would sell off Black Wings. But um, and this is actually a, a whole other topic for a show is the idea of the subscription services, because I'm hearing you guys talk about the Blackwing volume subscription mm -hmm. service. Mm -hmm. And my bottom line, I guess, for that, as for a lot of other things, has always been in order to have the security to take risks there has to be a subscriber base, right? Mm -hmm. You yeah. have to, like, if mm -hmm. you're going to spend a lot of money to do something like the Two Rivers, which some people are going to love and some people are going to hate. Yes. The Blackwing's probably less so, although, you know, again, every every edition of the Blackwing volumes that have come out, some people have loved them and some people have hated them. But I just, I kind of like supporting the idea that you can have those creative ventures come out. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay yeah. with the fact that I don't like them all because I don't get the stuff I do like unless I'm supporting the stuff I don't like. Well, or unless somebody's supporting the stuff I don't yes. like. And I've got actually quite a pile of Two Rivers upstairs because I bought quite a number of packages of those and pulled out the ones I like. And that was back when I was still, I was still trying to kind of use up notebooks and I've since accepted that I just don't use up notebooks very quickly and that's that's fine you know and I'll sell those off at some point when the effort becomes worth the money mm -hmm. you know <laughs> yeah. yeah well 
And that's the thing with the value in these like limited edition things. So mm-hmm. just as a point of reference, so when I bought the two elevens, I paid twenty four ninety five or whatever for the dozen. Because that's how much they. That's were. how much they were. Now when I sold my pencils in the group, what I did was I went on eBay and looked at the information for the items that actually sold. Because there are some people that list them for like eight hundred dollars. So, right. <laughs> so I, really, I looked, really yeah, so I, I looked at the sold and I averaged the, the past 30 days because it fluctuates and the average sale price for the Blackwing 211s for a dozen was about 160 to $180. Hmm. So I sold the pencils for $12 each because, you know, and they went probably in an hour. Yeah. And I only I only sold 10 because I wanted to keep two for myself. But the fact that that a pencil is $12 up from $2 is, you know, in, like it's it's interesting how I and like like you said the subscription thing is a topic for a whole other show, but it's interesting how certain things are worth that much or like the for example the the 1138s they're kind of going for like $45 for like a dozen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, because... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because well, people don't ugly. like them. Yeah. Well, they have that so, crappy printing. And, and anyway. And now the next one, the next one that's kind of doing the 211 is the 24, even though the 530 has the same core. Yeah. So the 24s are over $100 a dozen now. Are they? Damn yeah. it. See, I don't like that one. I, I like it. See, I, I really like the all black on black. Me and, too. And how it had kind of that hint of sparkliness in the black. Pen. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like that. And now I wish I had held on to my two boxes. Well, that's because... why. <laughs> but see, that's exactly why it's hard to sell things. Because you're like, what if they're worth more later? Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure the two elevens will probably be over $200 in another couple months. But I, I can't yeah. keep speculating. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm bummed. <laughs> so right now on right now on eBay, the Blackwing 24, there is a buy it now for eighty dollars if you're so inclined. Mm-hmm. But ninety nine to one hundred dollars is kind of what the going rate is. But that's, that's the thing. Like people sell samplers of the Blackwing limited edition, so nine pencils, one of each, and they're selling them easy for seventy five dollars. Yep. You know, so it it's yeah, it's this weird thing. Like I. It got to the point where I was acquiring black wings, not because I liked them or was going to use them because I was making an investment. Right. And really, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the bottom's going to fall out. I, you I mean, know, I always wonder when is the bottom going to fall out and, and when is the point of, of no return? You know what I mean? Like field notes, when is the bottom going to fall out of those? Is it now that the field notes are selling for 12 to $15 a package instead of nine ninety nine? Yeah, I don't know because I know, like, I get the idea that all of the additions up to national crops sell for a lot because they're rare. They didn't make as many packages of them as they do now. Like the most, what's the most current edition? The utility. Yeah, the utility. Like they made thousands and thousands of packs of those. And at one point, do people say, "Okay, we're now hitting Beanie Baby territory, and we're not going to make our money back." Because you're well, always going to have yeah. those sellers or, or resellers, I should say, who buy a hundred packages and put them away. And when, mm-hmm. are, when are people going to stop collecting, I guess? When are people going to say, Beanie Babies, and quit? 
I think it's dependent upon the company. So Field Notes, the past couple editions, I really wasn't sold on. I love the way the utility looks, and I love ledger mm-hmm. format. It just works perfectly for me. But after that whole like snafu with the corners and the paper cutting and yeah. all that stuff, it's also becomes, it brings into another whole topic about value, and that's when these companies kind of get too big for their britches and start to try to turn out stuff you know, to make more profit. So they go to cheaper manufacturers or cheaper places to, to make their stuff. So that utility snafu, while it kind of just got swept under the carpet after a couple of people vented about it, for me, that was kind of like, well, you know, I'm paying twelve ninety five for three notebooks. Which is a ridiculous price. I'm not, I know that so many people have talked about how, well, when you're manufacturing and blah, 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 blah. The reality is, is when you buy more, your price should be coming down because if you're working with your print shop and you're buying more from them or you're, it should be coming down because they're getting price cuts on the paper, the covers, even the staples. Yes. And I I don't know. I just, $13 is too much for me to spend on pocket notebooks. I mean, yeah, sure. I spent $12 on the, on the pencil pushers notebooks. It's a little different because I'm supporting CW Pencil Enterprises. I'm also supporting um, Story Supply Company. And so I'm supporting these two great small businesses. And, you know, some of my money is going to support kids in schools. That, to me, makes it worthwhile versus this idea that I'm lining as much as I love Draplin and the DDC and Field Notes. I'm lining their pockets. Yes. And I'm increasing their profit. I'm, I don't. And I, I love those guys. I think they're great. And I think it's awesome that they're doing so well. But I'm not that big a fan. Well, you know I, mean? I think I think this was discussed briefly with the whole utility thing. When I first got into like stationery, I got introduced to Field Notes, I think through like a Facebook group. And like I saw some in the store and I bought them. In my mind, the way Field Notes marketed themselves was like, it's this like four or five man operation in like a warehouse doing their thing. Right. So in my brain, that's what I'm thinking still. It's just that's what, you know, if you market yourself well like that, that is, I think, the draw for a lot of people because you buy these Field Notes, you're like, oh, sweet. Like some guy made these by hand while sitting in a warehouse, you know, and, and write, write notepads does do that. Yeah. You know, and like that. You know, that's why they're my new love and they're also cheaper and bigger and Mm -hmm. cooler. (laughs) So, you know, but yeah, and you're right. They're increasing. As we're talking, I'm scrolling through the Field Notes webpage and seeing how many like of each edition they've made. Yeah. And they, they went, you know, from making, you know, 500 packs to 2,500 packs. They just made 35,000 packs of the utilities. So clearly. Right. Yeah. So, so if you do the math on that, yeah, because now, now that's I'm almost a hundred thousand notebooks. It is. Right. It's over. Oh so okay. So you said what? Thirty-five thousand packs. Yeah, of utility. Thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So then multiply that by thirteen dollars. So you're talking almost a half million dollars gross coming in. Yeah. Uh, and you and so you multiply that by four times a year. Yep. And you're talking almost $2 million. And that doesn't even include the special editions that are collaborations between them and other companies. And, you know, 
you're probably looking at 50% of that being profit or maybe a third of it being profit depending on what their margins are yeah now that's actually though that makes the subscription a better deal right because yes the shipping is significant now i think i re-upped my subscription when they were on sale for a hundred dollars they haven't changed the subscription price i think as of yet to reflect the new higher prices Ah, so that's why they keep saying five dollars for two packs plus the subscriber extras and shipping the subscription is actually looking like a better and better deal now until it goes up yeah right but like and i i don't want to put a target on our backs because we're talking negatively about field notes but we're just using it as an example as and I'm, I'm, you know for the record i'm not talking negatively about field notes. <laughs> no. well, and I, I, I think that being critical of them isn't negativity i think there's a difference correct in having a critical conversation about a company that you enjoy because i do i enjoy field notes i enjoy draplin's uh design aesthetic i enjoy what he does but at the same Definitely. time if why can't we have an open discussion an honest discussion about cost and profit and margins and all of these business related things because we should be having these conversations we shouldn't just accept everything that's handed to us and and swallow it whole i agree yeah i'm with you there les you know i am and i also you know i love draplin's work i do yeah and he has as much contempt for the collectors and the ebay sellers as anybody else does you yeah know, he's trying to put something out there to be used i think he's made his position pretty clear mm-hmm. yeah like absolutely i mean i love I love his design aesthetic. In fact, the wallpaper on my laptop is something that he designed. So like, I like his stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just that I think what turns me off more is the community around the product. Yeah. And that, that, yeah. <laughs> Another whole topic. For yes. Me. Yeah. So, but getting back to our original kind of discussion here about the whole value thing, there is this like draw to acquire everything because a, it might sell out. B, it might be worth something. And C, everyone's talking about it, so you don't want to feel left out. Right. Absolutely. So, and that's what's happening to me right now with the new, although no one's really talking about the new Black Wings that much. I don't love them. Hmm. I'll probably ask someone to like either sell me three or trade me. But like, it's not, you know, like like when people are talking up something it gets me going and I'm right. like, I want to buy that. I want to buy that. You know, like with the, <clears throat> with the new field notes, you know, everyone's probably going to be talking about that. Yeah. And I do like the larger format, you know, and it's going to be in my face because you're a member of these groups on Facebook, you get the notifications. So it's like, it's this whole entire thing you get entangled in. And I think that, you know, letting go of that fear of missing out is probably 75% of the battle. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I actually, over over the years, I've had to limit my contact in groups because it does kick that FOMO into yes. effect for me. Um, and I found, once I had sort of moved from collector to user and mild stockpiler of field notes, I, I, I dropped myself out of some of the groups that talk about field notes all the time. And now, you know, I'm still a member of the group and I occasionally touch base with the group, but I also like, I I changed my notification settings of it Yes. on Facebook so that 
I'm no longer getting constant notifications about those things. And now I feel much more comfortable about not miss. I, like, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. I yeah. had to leave the group. I, I just left it all together because I can't. I mean, because it was constantly like, oh, I have to watch for this drop. Oh, they're already gone. How could I yeah. miss out on them? Yeah. Yep. And you know what? It has affected me zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My life. Yeah. I missed out on some of those special editions. You know, I love yeah. the Land Land edition. That was the one I was really yes. to catch when it came back around. And they were up for what? Like three minutes before they sold out yeah. or something? Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, I'm out. That was actually when I left the group, was when that Landland land drop sold out in three minutes. Well, yeah. and then and then people immediately got onto the group and started bragging about the fact that even though the limit was, what, one or two packs, they had... They bought nine. They bought stuff. nine packs, yeah. and then they used their wife's name to buy nine more packs, yeah. and then they used their son's name to buy nine more yep. packs. And it's just like, yeah. why are you bragging about that? It's gross. Yeah, and that's... Yeah, now you're going to turn around and gouge your friends. Yeah, and, you know, and that's what, while it's crappy and I recognize the behavior, it's also what motivates me to want to buy things. So, uh, yeah. you know, I'm following... The only group that I follow now is Erasable because it's more social than it is let's buy things. Yeah, So me too. It's I can deal with that. It's a great group of people. Yeah. <laughs> really enjoy it over there. Um. And yeah. the fountain pen network, kind of the same thing, you know, that if I have fountain pen questions, I ask yes. the erasable yeah. yeah, and just, you know, like, hope to keep it to a minimum so that I yes. don't get in trouble. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So, so, yeah, I mean, I'm free now. I'll, I'll use my casemates and be happy. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, you want me to move into a, a FOMO topic? Sure. Yes, All right. please do. I've been waiting for this. Please okay. go. So I bought a Baron Fig confidant, and it is so beautiful. So um, before this, I had had one of the Baron Fig pocket notebooks, which I have to look up the name of again, because I can never remember their little names. The Apprentice. The, van, the Apprentice, yeah. I, yeah, so I had the... The Robin. <laughs> <laughs> so so i had i had the apprentice and you know it's a cute little notebook but for me it's the wrong size because i'm i'm wedded to the five and a half by three and a half um and i didn't particularly like the paper in it it didn't handle fountain pens pencils were good in it rollerball was good in it and i i eventually stopped using it after 22 pages i abandoned it because the paper mm -hmm. was just not good for me so anyway moving into the back to the metamorphosis like it comes in this gift box so you get this gift box and you open it up and it's like a little gift to yourself. And that's really, yeah, I was just like, ooh, this is so cool. And uh, then you open it up and it's got like a little card with the image on the inside. And then I, I don't know if it's got this really cool linen cover. It's soft. Mm -hmm. So it's really tactile, which really appeals to me. And then inside, you know, the outside is this salmon color. Inside is has a blue end page with the metamorphosis picture nice yeah and that's that's really cool it's just it's different than what you would expect and then inside the paper is smooth but it's got a nice nice sensation it's got a nice feel and it's so, got a really nice dot grid so how smooth is it because my biggest turnoff so i ordered the only baron fig product i ordered besides the archers was the planner mm-hmm and I hated the paper. Okay. It was really thick and it wasn't super toothy, 
but it just didn't feel good. I didn't like, I don't, I'm not using it. I'm waiting. It's over. Like, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> like maybe I'll make it like an art journal or something, but like, I didn't like the paper. I don't know if you would like this paper. It does have a bit of tooth. Then it, when I, when I see you, I will give you one of the perforated pages out of the back of mine. You can test it out. Perfect. But it's, it's smoother than what was in the old apprentice. Okay. And it has a better feel than that. And it's a nice creamy color with the dot okay. grid on it. Nice. And it accepts fountain pens because the other notebook I had of theirs did not accept fountain pens at all. It feathered, it bled, it had show through on the reverse side. And I've tested this with some of my, my wet pens with naughty inks. Like I my Twisby 530 with a um, medium nib. I've got J. Urban's... 1670 emerald of chivor in it and that's a wet ink that you that often bleeds through on a lot of paper and mm -hmm. it didn't on this so i'm pretty pleased you know there's some show through but it doesn't it didn't bleed through at all so i'm actually pretty pleased with this and i i have no idea what i'm gonna do with it like it, it's so pretty i want to do something special with it well, that's my problem, too, is, like, what do I put in there? Do mm. I make it, like, a private journal? Do I make it, like, you know, and that's, yet again, another topic we talk about. Yeah, right. It should be your uh, RSVP journal. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I've already got journals going for that. So I, 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 I'm actually, so I do this nerdy thing where everything that I read or watch, I write a page in one of, in my pocket notebook about it. So... Oh. Usually books get two pages in a pocket notebook and any TV show gets a one page synopsis and was this a good episode or was this not a good episode? Because my feeling about TV and movies and even books is that if I'm not actively thinking about it, then I'm wasting my time. Mm -hmm. And so I have to do some active thinking about even my, you know, downtime. And it helps me to shift out of therapist brain and into I'm relaxed now and I'm not thinking about problems. Uh, so I'm thinking about making it my my media input journal, but I'm not. I haven't wedded myself to that yet. Yeah. It it just kind of helps me process. Like, do it like, and a lot of times I'm like, why am I still watching this show? Like Flash. I've I've been watching Flash, and I hate it. I I. I I don't know why I continue to watch the show because it's so terrible. We might get hate, <laughs> might get hate about that. Um, Les, you're going to have to do some analysis here. Tell me more. <laughs> what, it, How does that make you feel? It's just so cheesy. And they're, all the characters are whiny. I just want to tell them all to suck it up. Yeah. You're supposed to be a superhero, Barry. Superhero up. Um, <laughs> put on your big girl superhero panties yeah. and deal with it yeah yeah so tell us more about the metamorphosis specifically well i think i really hit everything all the important parts about the metamorphosis i mean it's really really super pretty it's very tactile if you like a linen covered journal it's super tactile it feels really nice it looks really nice the design aesthetic is i mean it's classic baron fig it's simple, yeah. it's clean, it's got a really clean, simple design on the inside cover. All the colors match really well. The salmon color and the blue, it just really looks awesome together. The um, page marker is mm -hmm. the same blue as the inside covers. 
So you get this like shock of blue against this pale salmon color. Um, it's just a really well put together journal. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to have to buy one. I, um, <laughs> I ended up buying the Askew after, um, after I saw who liked it and who hated it. And I haven't subscribed to this one because, okay, so um, I, don't, I don't have anything. I don't feel strongly about Baron Fig either way. And as I've said, I don't really go through notebooks. Um, I don't really need more pencils, although I'm about, to, I'm about to buy the Snakes and Ladders because they're so pretty red. They're yeah. red. They're red, and there's not very many red pencils, and I really, really like them. But I, I did go get the, I got two of the SQ actually. I got one to, one to keep and one to give away, because it's just so different. And people loved it or hated it. But weirdly enough, when I started asking about it, nobody wanted to sell me theirs after they got <laughs> their subscription. Yeah. So you know, they said they hated it, but they didn't want to let it go. And um, the only other Baron Fig confidant I really was sorry I missed out on was the three-legged juggler. And the reason really for that was that I had just started getting into this stuff, and I knew that I didn't go through nice notebooks in particular. Like, I don't go through that many pocket notebooks, mm -hmm. but nice journal kind of bound notebooks, I don't go through at all. I just don't use them up. And I didn't buy it. And then it, I decided to buy it and it was sold out, you know. So I never even really got to see that one. And I was, I, I still am a little bit sorry that I didn't, that I didn't just suck it up and go ahead and buy one of those and then sell it if I didn't like it, mm. you know. But yeah, the, most of the Baron Figs I haven't been that interested in. I did do the Vanguard subscription. That's the only Baron Fig subscription I've got. I did it because I was intrigued by that first one with the, the I guess it's the mystery edition or whatever and um all right so wait a second which one is the vanguard what are what are the vanguards <laughs> uh, they're kind of arts and sciences size okay okay and they're they're not bound they're stitched but okay. um they're not they're soft covers and i actually do quite like those but i haven't used any of them yet i've given mm -hmm. away some of them but i haven't used any of them and I'm, you know, this is one subscription that I'm not going to keep for more than a year. I'm not going to re-up when mm. it comes around because, again, I'm, you know, I'm with pencils. I kind of pretend that I, I okay, so I am a user. I hardly own any pencils I wouldn't use. And of the ones that I'm not likely to use, it's just because they're, um, you know, it's a vintage pencil and I only have one of it or something like that. But I'm willing to use things, but I don't go through them. Mm -hmm. So... You know, I um, I had an Eberhard Faber Blackwing that I got in a lot of vintage pencils on eBay, and I kept it for a while, and I wrote with it, and then I sent it on to somebody else, and huh. somebody just gave me a, a Craig Crow in the group. I got together with a couple weeks ago for breakfast when I had to go to Lexington. Mm -hmm. He actually gave me a, a calculator, a Blaisdell calculator. Oh, wow. Nice. And somebody gave it to him, and and he had it for a while, and you know he was kind of the custodian for for it for a while, and he used it some, and when we got together for breakfast, he brought it to me, and I was I was I I didn't have words, like I was, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is insane, you know, and of course I assumed like that he had scored a box of them somehow and was giving me one, and that was huge, but you know then to find out no this is this is the one, that he has and. 
he passed it on to me. Hmm. And I'll keep it for a while, and I'll pass it on to somebody else, you know, because, and, you know, somebody who will appreciate kind of having something with that history to it. Um, yeah, like, that's what's great about, like, using. So I collect the Everhard Favor stuff, and uh, Mark Cohen, who's also in the group, asked me, like, you know, what kind of, what kind of Everhard Favor stuff do you need? And I said, well, I need some of those old, like, vintage boxes, you know, those really cool ones from the 50s. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I was going to trade him things, and he sent me this package, not only with a full box of 1950s Everhard Favor Mongols. Nice. But some Blaisdell Ben Franklin 500s, and a couple other things, like, really cool vintage stuff, and, like, I'm going to pass that on to somebody else. You know what I mean? Like it kind of like fosters usage, but also giving and sharing. Mm. Well, I think that's a really cool thing about the pencil people. You know what I mean? Like the pencil group in general, the erasables group. And I think pencil people in general is that they're so giving. I mean, you're, you're using something that's a consumable supply, but you're so willing to pass it on to someone else. And, and have, you know, other people try these great things that you have. Exactly. And, you know, part of that is because, as we said earlier, you know, we're using something that you can get something modern that's almost as good, right? So the value of something like an Eberhard Faber Blackwing is not because this is the only pencil that will actually work and there hasn't been a pencil as good in 40 years, you know? Yeah. It's really that it's imbued with this sort of historical value and Uh this mythos that's grown up around it. And it's really cool to hold one in your hand and use it. But you also want other people to have the experience of holding one in their hand and using them. And so for a lot of us, you know, the value would not be in actually using that to its nub to write a volume of, you know, to write a notebook of your novel, but to be like, oh, so this, wow, that is a really nice pencil. <laughs> yeah. So I see why Steinbeck liked it. And, oh, look how pretty the ferrule is. And, yeah. You know, you have this yeah. whole kind of experience about the the tactile experience and the smell and how it looks on the page and just holding it in the hand and getting a little chill. But you don't really need it to write with. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because there's pencils everywhere, and some of them are quite nice. Mm-hmm. So that to me is is really terrific. It's not like opening a bottle of wine from the 1940s, you know, and, and realizing that this is a moment that you've just got to savor because there's no keeping it anymore once you've cracked into it. You know, you can crack into that pencil, and you can keep it on your desk for a year and smile every time you look at it, and then send it to somebody else and smile every time they say something about it. Yeah. No, I agree. Still work in another forty years, you know, and I've got I've got pencils that are over a hundred years old that I, you know, that I scored on eBay kind of by surprise. Like I mm. didn't expect to be the high bidder on them, and they are beautiful. They are so beautiful. But I actually I wish I had not had a gross of them. Like right. I would have been happier with a dozen than with a gross because a gross was a responsibility. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I yeah, so I gave most of them to somebody else to 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 get rid of because, and I'm not going to say who because you know, like people will be knocking down your door saying, yeah, "Where's exactly. my free stuff?" But, right, exactly. 
you know, but I, I, I just, I passed off the responsibility for that to somebody else. I kept a, you know, I, I, I've already given away a half a dozen of them and I kept one dozen for myself and, and they're beautiful. They're really, really cool. It's, you know, one of the coolest ferals I've ever seen. They are uh-huh. lovely, but I'm not, I'm not really that interested in like getting on eBay and selling them one by one and making, you know, like it kind of looks like a lot of work and I'd feel yeah. a little creepy afterwards. <laughs> well, what, real quick, what, what pencil? I'm just curious. It was the double day. It's green and it has oh, a really pretty, yeah. you saw it. Yeah. yeah. Very and cool. they're just, they're beautiful. They're really beautiful. But, and it's neat to hold a hundred year old pencil and it writes really nicely, but does it write better than a case mate? Nah, probably not. Yeah. The eraser might be better. <laughs> yes. That's not hard. So it was the little it was eraser the, turds. It was the double day from Kalamazoo, Michigan, right? That was the one? Uh, I think that's right. I don't have them I don't have them here with me. They're in my office. Cool. You hide a lot of but stuff yeah. in your office, don't you? Oh, that's where I have to store my stuff because otherwise my husband will mock me. <laughs> <laughs> He kind of mocks me even when it's there, but it's my office, so he can't really say that much about it. But, yeah. Yeah. I think that's it on the metamorphosis. I think you've compelled all of us to purchase one. Yeah, sorry. Clearly. Sorry, but not, because you're going to get it, and you'll be like, it's so special. To be honest, I could just sell those two remaining 211s and pay for it. You could. Which is? Yeah, but do you want to? No, I'm not going to. <laughs> so I actually, um, so while we were talking, I have a, I have a Wikipedia page open about the endowment effect. Do you guys know about this? No. No. Okay. So the the endowment effect, according to Wikipedia, of course, and I'd read about this before, but I had to look it up with keywords. Um, also known as divestiture aversion, and related to the mere ownership effect in social psychology. So it's the hypothesis that people ascribe more value to things merely because they own them. Yes. So in experiments, like they would give some people a Swiss chocolate bar and then ask them if they would trade it for a coffee mug. And people wouldn't do it like they liked the chocolate bar better than the coffee mug. Hmm. But if you took another group of people and gave them a coffee mug and asked them to trade it for a chocolate bar, they wouldn't do it because they liked the coffee mug better than the chocolate bar. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, even though they're literally the same objects, you know, it, whichever one you get first, you you suddenly value much more. And there's a lot of experiments, a lot of economic experiments and social experiments around this, you know, that people just tend to value the thing that they already own much mm. more than the thing that they don't own. And therefore, you know, the corollary to that is that people value the thing they own more than other people value that thing. Yeah. So, you know, this is why you tend to list your stuff are too high a price yep if you yep. haven't looked at the historical averages you have on things and my own experience you mentioned the 211 and i do have one box of 211s that i haven't cracked into yet and i also have a pencil loving child you know so some of this stuff i'm theoretically holding on to because you know someday she will appreciate that this is available to her but really that's a beard <laughs> yeah <right>? yeah yeah <laughs> When the prices first started getting a little crazy on the 211s, I'm looking at this box of 211s and I'm looking at eBay and I'm like, clearly I would rather have a box of 211s than $100 because I'm not jumping on eBay right now to sell this box of 211s. Yeah. (laughs) But on the other hand, I would also rather have $100 than a box of 211s because I'm not buying that one. Yes. Yeah. So 
like there's the paradox, right? Mm-hmm. Are they worth a hundred dollars to me or aren't they? Well, that box on eBay is not worth a hundred dollars to me, but this box that I own is clearly worth more than a hundred dollars, or I would be selling it. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's always going to be so, that way. Yeah, exactly. It's always going to be that way. So I completely understand, you know, kind of to bring it around full circle, I completely understand your point about that you have this kind of fear of letting go of things. And we already saw this even tonight with Les saying, I wish I'd, you know, now I feel bad about selling those 20 yeah. stores because they're <laughs> much more expensive now. But, yeah. you know, you just, you when, you, when you buy something, you stop shopping for it. And mm-hmm. when you sell something, you stop trying to sell it. Yeah. And yeah. you don't worry about the prices at that point, is yep. my theory. Exactly. I was just going to say, I think that's a good ending point. I agree. Well, thank you guys so much for talking this evening. This has been so much fun. It's always such a pleasure to talk to you both. Yes. It's and always a good time. It is. Will you both say where we can find you online? Les, will you go first? Sure. Um, you can find me at comfortableshoesstudio.com. You can find me on Facebook at, well, it's facebook.com slash comfortable shoes studio, Instagram and Twitter at original LC Harper. Excellent. D. Uh, you can find me at theweeklypencil.com. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash theweeklypencil. And on Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at theweeklypencil. And you can find us all online at the RSVP stationary podcast.com and on Facebook as RSVP. Thanks so much for listening and we will meet again soon. Bye.